This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. At Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers, incredible offers, and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. WPHD-WPHD-HD-WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHD Rich Zioli So what revelations will we find out about what the government knows about Ukraine? And yes, you want to know where all this anti-Semitism on college campuses comes from? DEI. Yes, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Driving campus anti-Semitism. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. It is our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. 855-839-1210 is the number. So how do we get to this place right now where you have all these um, the, these the, these terrible people on college campuses saying all these horrible things? How did we get here? It didn't happen overnight. So what happened? How do we get to this place? And a big part of the reason why, as Heather McDonald points out, and she's fantastic and her piece in The Wall Street Journal. That it's really <coughs> excuse me, comes down to diversity, equity and inclusion. Gerrymandering Jews into an oppressed class won't save universities from a malevolent, how do you say that word? How do you say that? I'm having a tough time tonight. My tongue is tied. What is it? Malevolent? Malevolent. Thank you. That is a Disney movie, I believe, too, right? Uh, Maleficent. Oh, yeah. Angelina Jolie, Maleficent. That's what it is. That's what got me confused. (laughs) You see that? That's actually, that might be one of the last good Disney movies. Never saw it actually. Uh, it's not bad. Is that Angelina's last movie? Period. It might be. Well, she's like what eighty two now. <laughs> I don't think she's no, you're bad. thinking of her father. Oh, John Voight's eternal. That guy doesn't age. <laughs> Tuesday's House hearing on campus anti-Semitism ratcheted up the pressure on American universities. Counter the anti-Israel vitriol that exploded in the wake of Hamas's October seventh attack, or risk losing philanthropic and government support. The leading approach is sure to fail, doubling down on the ideologies and practices that led to the pro-Hamas fever in the first place. She also mentioned to you today, there's another donor that came out, this time the founder of Stone Ridge Asset Management, Ross Stevens, just withdrew a $100 million donation that he was giving to Penn. Bill Ackman, the hedge fund manager leading a Harvard donor revolt, told CNBC on November 6th that he hadn't previously read Harvard's DEI statement. But we had assumed DEI was, quote, for all marginalized groups. Once he read the statement, he realized that the DEI program at Harvard is limited to specific groups and exploits others. Instead, Mr. Ackman suggested DEI should cover all minorities, including Jews and Asians. 
John Huntsman Jr. halted his contributions to the University of Pennsylvania on October 15th to protest its leader's silence in the face of hate, which higher ed was built to um, to get rid of. An open letter to Penn President Liz McGill, initiated by alumnus Mark Rowan, called for mandatory anti-Semitism awareness training across the university. The Lewis Brandeis Center for Human Rights and Under Law has demanded that Penn add modules on anti-Semitism to the school's diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings. College leaders are happy to oblige. As Ms. McGill told lawmakers Tuesday, Penn has created an action plan to combat anti-Semitism and a university task force on anti-Semitism. Since anti-Semitism is interconnected to other forms of hate, Penn is also rolling out a presidential commission on Islamophobia. The university must do better to reject hate in all forms, she said in her apology. Northwestern University President Michael Schill is establishing a committee to prevent anti-Semitism and other forms of hate. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology is creating a Standing Together Against Hate Council. The University of Maryland, a self-described, quote, proud multicultural community, launched a task force to eliminate anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and other forms of hate. DEI bureaucrats are well-respected on all these commissions and task forces. But, as Heather McDonald points out, a university has no capacity to eliminate hate, nor should that be its mission. In the name of rejecting hate, colleges built their DEI bureaucracies in the first place and allowed bureaucrats and their faculty sympathizers to put certain facts and ideas off limits. In the name of rejecting hate, colleges started requiring faculty, even in the hard sciences, to justify their research in the name of inclusion and belonging. Protected identity categories have constantly expanded while the haters shrank to an even smaller subset of white males. But the real issue on campuses is not anti-Semitism. It's it's the anti-Western ethos that has colonized large swaths of the curriculum. Elite schools once disdained Jews because they were seen as outsiders to Western civilization. Now they are reviled as that civilization's very embodiment. Students explain that their hatreds come from what they learn in class, that the West is built on white supremacy and oppression. Israel is cast as the Western settler colonialist oppressor, and that's why these students on college campuses hate Israel. The Columbia University chapter of Students for Justice in Palestine explained that, quote, our classes regularly discuss the inevitability of resistance as part of the struggle for decolonization. We study under renowned scholars who denounce the fact that the media requires oppressed peoples to be perfect victims. That is not to commit acts of terrorism in order to deserve sympathy. During a sit-in, a law student at Penn announced, quote, It was here where I read texts about the history of colonial regimes and the importance of decolonization. I just want the university to try to do part of what it tries to teach us in the classrooms. A Harvard student posted on social media, quote, How have I read Franz Fadden in no less than four classes here, as he was writing on the violent Algerian decolonial movement, and yet you all side with the colonizer, meaning Israel. 
Another Harvard student said, what is wrong with everyone? This is literally a decolonization struggle before our eyes. Like all of those places we learn about and have historicized and sympathized with, now we have lost that. See, they've been told that places like Algeria, South Africa, Haiti, etc., they're all victims of Western colonization, and Israel is the Western colonizer, and therefore Palestine is the oppressed, and therefore Israel is the oppressor, and that's what they've been told to believe. So now with this notion now that we'll add Jews into an oppressed category for DEI purposes is actually going to make things worse. Since October 7th, presidents and faculty have routinely spoken of the interconnectedness of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. A November 16th lecture at Cornell University by Ross Brand, a professor of Judeo-Islamic studies, was titled, quote, The Intersectionality of Anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and Racism. Who is found at that intersection, you might ask? White supremacists former Trump administration officials, evangelical Christians, and white opponents of mass immigration from Muslim countries. To judge by his PowerPoint slides, none of these supposed oppressors play a significant role in pro-Hamas campus protests. The actual protesters, Muslims, Black Lives Matter activists, queers for Palestine, divest and sanctions movement, all these people were unmentioned in the lecture. Mr. Ackman seems to be learning. In a December 3rd letter to Harvard President Claudine Gay, he described his conversations with faculty who were willing to speak only confidentially. The problems at Harvard are clearly not just about Jews in Israel, he wrote. Harvard also discriminates against Asians and straight white males. Harvard's diversity office is an important culprit in this discrimination on campus as it sees the world in a framework of oppressors and the oppressed, where the oppressor class includes white males. Asians, Jews, and other powerful people who are successful and perceived to be so. Solving the problems of higher ed requires rejecting this victim ideology wholesale. Universities need to abandon the concept that they have a central role in moral education, said Lawrence Summers, a former Harvard president. Lawrence Summers of the Obama administration. Solving the problems of higher education requires rejecting this victim ideology wholesale. Universities need to abandon the concept that they have a central role in moral education. Donors and alumni should demand changes in governance and curricula to counterbalance the anti-Western ideology that undergirds the anti-Israel coalition. Every identity-based bureaucratic notion should be eliminated. Trustees and presidents should be chosen based on their determination to support humanistic learning and academic excellence, not inclusion. Efforts to impose such changes will be fought tooth and nail. On their success hangs a civilization. It's an excellent point that she makes. But Heather McDonald makes excellent points all the time. But it goes deeper than just this. You know, this anti-Semitism, I'm, I'm glad it's coming out in the sense that what is be what language is tolerated on college campuses. But remember something, it's not just that, right? It's also the fact that they have decided what can be said and what is real about everything. And that college largely lets everybody see the world through the through through two lenses, the victim and the oppressor. 
All right? This is something that Professor Jordan Peterson made a point on when he was on with Bill Maher a couple weeks ago. Progressives always try to find the oppressed and the oppressor. And in this case now, they've decided that Israel is the oppressor and Palestine is the oppressed. And they got it wrong. And they're wrong on this. They're wrong. But they always have to see the world through that lens. That's how they view the world. Here again, University President Elizabeth McGill during a House Education and Workforce Committee hearing. The question, of course, is if people are calling for genocide of Jews, does it violate the school's code of conduct? Does that violate the school's code of conduct? Now, you know damn well that if students were on campus and they were chanting for the death of transgender students, they would be kicked out of campus. There'd be no question about it. They would be booted off campus. They don't have policies that say we tolerate all forms of speech. If you pick on a group that the college doesn't like, you will get your ass thrown off college, campus, period. That's it. Try being out there and saying anything like what the anti-Semitic protesters were saying regarding Israel. Try to say that about the Rainbow Coalition. Try to say that about trans people. Good luck. Good luck as you get kicked off college campus. Good luck. Here is what the president went on to say in this clip, cut 17. At Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it... uh, is if the yes speech or becomes no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment. This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. It can be harassment. Try calling for the elimination of trans people. Really, try it. And not doing it, but just saying it. Right? Because I love how the standard she says is, well, I mean, if it turns into action, well, obviously you're not going you're, you're to commit genocide against the Jews on college. We're not saying that they're going to do that. They're calling for it. <coughs> is that okay? And you know, as well as I do, that if you were calling for the genocide of LGBTQ plus plus IA, every letter of the alphabet people, you would be kicked out of school. End of story. Stop. You don't have to do it. You don't have to actually commit it. If you just call for hate crimes against trans people on college campuses, that's enough. You're out. If you're a comedian and you make jokes about trans people, you're not allowed to play on that college campus. If you're a faculty member and you question whether or not gender is actually something that is mutable or not, you will be censored like Professor Jordan Peterson has. Jordan Peterson has come out and said, you cannot change your gender. 
For that, Canada censored him. Universities are the censor police. They are the censorati. Period. Period. Now, here's a clip that just came across my formerly pangolin-stained fingers. And yes, by the way, malev. How do you say it again? Malevolent. 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 Why can't I have? Why can't I say this stupid word? Keep thinking maleficent. No, that's not it. My friend. <laughs> My friend Mike said it's the SAT word of the day. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. I can't say it now. And now I'm stuck on the word. Malevolent. Mal- I said it right I, that time, right? No, I don't think so. Damn it. You're it's like have- Asshat Hutchinson. I keep messing up his name too. <laughs> Asshat Hutchins. Yeah, you're wrong. Say it one more time. Asshat Hutchins. No, you, you mispronounced Hutchinson. It. I got Asshat Hutchinson. See, I get tripped up on words sometimes. <laughs> Even though I talk for a living, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I make mistakes. And in this case now, I have sometimes you get tripped up on words. You know what I mean? And I don't think you're doing yourself any favors for throwing out uh, that stupid Angelina Jolie movie earlier. Mm. You screwed yourself up. I did. It could be worse. It could be saying like like male volant. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) (laughs) Let me put that in your head real quick. Male volant. Thank you, Henry. Jeez, Henry. (laughs) Now... Now you've brought gender into it. <laughs> oh, that was unintentional. Now you brought gender into it. Now we got to change the whole word. That's the word male in it. Female volant. No, nah, it's got to be human volant. Okay. Well, it's got man in it. You, we don't want uh, Fidel Castro's bastard son, uh, Justin Trudeau, to be upset. Remember that time he lectured <laughs> no. that woman? I'm sorry, what? Uh, not official. Uh, we, we the Zioli show officially believe that Pierre Trudeau is the son of, or the uh, the father of Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Allegedly, but I do know this: Justin Trudeau loves a good Cuban, Cuban sandwich, and he likes Cuban coffee. That's a true fact. Look it up. It might be true. Look it up. <coughs> when he goes to Quebecois, he loves to get the Cuban uh, Cubano sandwiches and the Cuban coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> Reminds him of home. Does not allegedly. But what was I saying about that? Oh, yeah. So what, one time a woman said mankind, and he interrupted her and mansplained to her, and he said, uh, humankind. Can you find that clip for me, actually? I'd like to get that on my soundboard, too. Yeah. He interrupted her and said, humankind, please, humankind. We don't want to bring gender into it. Even though he's such an idiot, which, like a lot of bastards, he's, he's an idiot. I mean, he, well, because the bloodline gets so screwed up. No. Um, he, human, has the word man in it. Did you know that? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, right? So, technically speaking, you're still bringing gender into it. I'm just pointing that out to him. It's not just that college campuses have embraced censorship of, of these things and these push forward, these DEI narratives and all these other things. Let's not forget something, too. A couple months ago, I brought out a story to you that you have all these people who are scientists coming out and saying that they know that the climate change nonsense is just that nonsense. It's a scam. They know it. But if they acknowledge that, they will lose their professorship. They will lose funding. They will lose their grant funding requests. They have to go along with what the intelligentsia says. You cannot challenge any of this. Here's an astrophysicist named Pierre Corbin. He's founder of Weather Action. He's also the brother of former British Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn. This is what he said regarding climate change. He's an astrophysicist. If he were to say this at Penn, if he were to say this at Harvard, he would not have a job. Cut 19. So what we are seeing here is a drastic change in climate, aren't we? Well, climate has always been changing, uh, but this has nothing to do with man. 
In fact, we predicted that there would be extreme heat in uh, East Europe and Russia this uh, summer. And uh, it's caused by a certain circulation pattern. CO2 does not cause circulation patterns. What causes those is combination of solar activity and uh, the state of the, the phases of the moon. But hang on, Piers, uh, wait, wait, fact, ex excuse me, just a minute. You say this isn't caused by man. How come they're reporting this heat wave is recognised as the worst in a thousand years of recorded history in well, Russia? Well, and surely well, of course. man has got something to do with this, hasn't he? No, nothing to do with it. The only, the only connection is man is here at the same time as the sun and the moon are doing things. Um, you see, a very similar situation happened about 132 years ago, where there was the same sun, earth, lunar, magnetic states. And there was uh, heat waves in Russia, and there were also floods in Pakistan, as now. And in the previous few years, there was also uh, floods in the English summers, uh, also 132 years ago. So these things are dictated by solar activity in the moon. They're nothing to do with mankind and those who say that are just trying to make money out but, of but, but, but are we not going to see this like. are we not going to see this again next year, the year on? I mean it's only well, it's quite recent. That that's are, a very interesting question. These things do come in bursts and we're working on that very question, those forecasts. We did say there would be a series of wet summers in England for example, uh, which we've had. Now will there be a series of these very hot hot summers in, in Russia, we don't know. We have to work on that. But I assure you, it's nothing to do with carbon dioxide. And if you stop stop driving around Moscow, it won't affect next summer one job. Well, how come then so many climate change scientists uh, disagree with you <laughs> and they get so much support well, for what the, they say? They're on a gravy train, for heaven's sake. They're on the gravy train. Exactly right. That's the key distinction right there. They're making money. Come on. What do I always tell you? Follow the Fazuls. Follow the Fazuls. Oh, you know what? I, I got it wrong. The Cuban, the Cuban one did not say mankind. He said people kind. Yeah, I yeah. apologize. Let me apologize to Justin Trudeau for misrepresenting Justin Trudeau. I, I, I really want to take a moment here and I want to set the record straight. All right. All joking aside. He did not say humankind. He said people kind. So let me just say, for the record, I apologize to the bastard love child of Fidel Castro for misinterpreting his words. No. I, didn't, I would never want to misrepresent Justin Trudeau in that matter. It was sort of a nice apology, aside from one part that may not be factually <laughs> accurate, <coughs> according to our lawyers. According to Odyssey's lawyers. Um, here is what, what, uh, what, what Trudeau said that time. Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to look uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because <laughs> yeah. it's more inclusive. There we go. Exactly. Yes, mansplain to her, you jackass. <laughs> mansplain to the woman, you pompous ass. <laughs> Interrupt her and mansplain, you jerk. One more time with that. He's such a small... Oh, I hate him. I, hate, I, I, I may hate him more than anyone in the world. Is that possible? That's I something. hate Justin Trudeau more than anyone in the world. I think more I than do. Ben Affleck. Oh, good one. All right. So I hate Ben Affleck. Obviously, in the all right. So in the United States, it's Ben Affleck. In Canada, it's Trudeau. Okay, that's fair. You're right. You're right. Ben Affleck. I really hate him. I really, really do. And I can't even blame it on him being Cuban. <laughs> one more time with that. Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. 
So we'd like you to look uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. There we go, exactly. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Yes, let me mansplain and interrupt you, lady. I'll tell you how to speak, because I'm a man, and I know better than you. What a jerk. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Real quick, before I take a break, Michael Schellenberger. We come back, I'll bring this to you. His opposition to natural gas, he says opposition to natural gas, shows something very specific about climate activists. This is a good one. You're going to want to hear this, so don't go away. But guys, listen. And ladies, listen, listen to me. You got you to gotta get this right for Christmas. You don't want to mess up here. When it comes to sending people gifts, you don't want to give them an errand where they have to return something you sent them because they really don't like it or you get them some lame gift basket that nobody likes. You know, they like like the Vienna sausage and the crackers and the rest of it's a bunch. No, here's what you do. Send everybody on your li- list the gift of quality food from America's heartland. Of course, I'm talking about Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. And when you use my name, Zioli, you will get 50% off site-wide and an extra $30 off at checkout. That's right. Omaha Steaks takes the guesswork out of, out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Just go to OmahaSteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code Zioli at checkout, you get an additional $30 off your order. Send tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. This offer won't last long. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code Zioli at checkout. Remember, your clients, your boss, your dad, your husband, your brother, your sister, everybody loves great food, right? Who doesn't love great food? And nobody ever returns steak. You know, you get somebody a lame sweater or tie or something they don't really want or gift card. Ah, come on. Get them Omaha Steaks. The world's best beef naturally aged every steak. Every steak aged for 28 days for the ultimate in tenderness. So skip the guesswork. Get 50% off site-wide. Score an extra $30 off when you use my name, Zioli. Z-E-O-L-I at checkout. Remember, every steak guaranteed with five generations of family-owned expertise. Uncompromising quality, OmahaSteaks.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Why you playing this now? Pass out of three. Wake huh? up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I love college. Hey. Oh, college. I love drinking. Okay. Hey. College. I love women. 
been, I mean, we've been talking about it all day, so I've been thinking about it. He's just been waiting to play the song. He says we're college in it. Yes. Yeah. All right. I love college by Asher Roth, local guy. That's fine. Why would I get mad at you for that? It wasn't that bad. That's you had me really worried. Well, there was a different song I wanted to play, but it said the B word too many times. <laughs> but it had to do with the gravy train. Mm. It's called Gravy Train. Oh, Gravy Train. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, do you know what a dink is? Uh, do yeah, I, I think <laughs> I do. Do I have to? Do I have to double in? That? No, it's not a <laughs> bad word. It's double income, no kids. Right? Double income, no kids. Oh. This is new dinks now. Couples post videos of themselves describing what they do as childless people with expendable income. Despite their projected glee, they people wonder if they're being sincere. There's a bunch of these videos that apparently are out there. We'll uh, we'll play some of these videos tomorrow on the show of dinks. People who are dinks. I don't think that's a that's a compliment, by the it way. If sound, says it sounds dink, like right? it like sounds dink, almost like it? yeah. Uh, Michael Schellenberger made an excellent point regarding something I've been telling you for a long time, which is that electricity, natural gas, and oil has done more to save people's lives, and that has been the number one differentiator between life expectancy. Where you have modern technology, where you have modern amenities of life to keep people alive and food fresh and medicines fresh and safe and, and access to healthcare, people live longer, they're happier. Places that don't have these things, people die at earlier deaths, death rates, at earlier ages, you have uh, higher rates of uh, child death, and you also have a lower quality of life. The thing that has been the great equalizer throughout the world has been energy. It has been. It is what has brought people into a better quality of life, a longer quality of life. That's the truth. That's been the change. That's the one thing. Whether it's air conditioning so you can shut the windows and don't have to worry about mosquitoes biting you and giving you malaria and having your kid die of malaria. Or whether it is air conditioning that enables people in the in the very, very hot sun to not be outside exposed when they could die. Or a refrigerator to keep your food fresh. Or your medicines fresh. That has been the great differentiator. Here's Michael Schellenberger. He was on Tucker Carlson's show. And he made the case that switching from coal to natural gas would be the quickest, most effective way to reduce carbon emissions. It's true. Carb- I love natural gas. I think it's great. I love gas. And not just because we live in Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm in Jersey. But... We- broadcast out of Pennsylvania, obviously, and the Marcellus Shale is right here, and we could tap that, and we could have a liquid natural gas <coughs> export facility here with great jobs, and we could be supplying the world with liquid natural gas instead of Vladimir Putin doing it, but instead, the left hates anything that's not solar or wind. Cut 20. Just even a year or two ago, global elites used to pretend to care about people but they're not even pretending anymore. I mean, here they fly their private jets, you know, separate private jets, including for the prime minister of Britain, his foreign secretary, King Charles, all taking their own private jet at the very moment that they're raising energy prices to historically high levels. And as you just saw there with John Kerry demanding the shutdown of coal plants, which will mean that people will burn wood and dung in China and they will starve and they will uh, not have enough to eat and you'll have riots in the streets. I think that what's so different now is that the elites are just openly and blatantly expressing their hatred of humankind, particularly the hatred of working people, of poor people, people both in the United States, in the so-called flyover states that they hate so much, but also in places like India and China and Africa where people want to live a better life. And that's 
what coal has traditionally provided. You know, what's so interesting, of course, is that the obvious alternative to coal is natural gas. If you cared about climate change, if this was actually about climate change, you would just produce more natural gas because it produces half the carbon emissions of coal. The United States reduced our carbon emissions by 22% between 2005 and 2020, with 61% of that reduction coming just from switching from coal to natural gas. But John Kerry and other climate activists are against natural gas, and they've been stifling the production of natural gas, clean-burning American natural gas, which is the cleanest in the world. So it's so it's so obviously hypocritical, but worse than that, I think it's really anti-human, and that's really what gets added. It's a it's a religion, it's a cult, like you said, and it really is about being against humankind, against humanity. Uh, people kind. Please, people kind. Don't say humankind. Please. People kind. Is that in my board yet? Did you add that to my board? Not is it yet. in my box? It'll be there soon. Put it in my box. Friggin' thing. You know what? Everything. Everything. I hate this place. Hang on. <laughs> I don't even know why I come to work. <laughs> Friggin' thing doesn't work. That doesn't work. Everything Friggin in here clock is doesn't broken. work. Dusty, my allergies. I can't stop coughing. It fr- plays a friggin' dust hellhole. <laughs> um, Tell us how you really feel. It's people kind. People kind. Come on, give me, give me my, my Cuban sugar. Come on. One more time. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. Here it is. Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to look uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. There we go. There we go. Okay, so Michael Schellenberger, please say people kind, please, from the mansplainer, Justin Trudeau. All right, thank you very, very much for that. Um, here is, uh, I got a couple more cuts for you to share with you today. Let's see here, Matt DeSantis, you sent me this one now. Uh, this is her, uh, this is CNBC, a uh, host here. And this is now Elizabeth Warren, America's mother-in-law is in the interview. Is that correct? Uh, um, that is correct. America's yeah. mother-in-law, Elizabeth Warren, my Lotus, mother-in-law of the United States, um, sitting there in this chair as CNBC host asking the question, how did this surge in anti-Semitism happen on liberal college campuses? A very, very simple question to ask. How does my Lotus answer? Cut number two. Learned in colleges, Senator, that allowed them to think that if it's levied, uh, leveled at, at uh, Jewish people, it's okay. The same it's people not- that were marching with Black Lives Matter are now the one, or some of them, uh, that, that would, you know, go to the mat and, and be out every day marching for that, are some of the people now saying genocide to the Jews. Where did the, how did that happen on liberal college campuses? Calling for genocide is wrong. Leaders no, should no, make you keep that, saying that. I, well, I understand that, but how did? I, I mean, it came from somewhere. You don't. You don't think the progressive and, left has any culpability in, in in driving us to this point right now, Senator? I th- I think that what has happened is that people feel the pain of the Middle East, and they feel it on both sides. Very. I think they feel it on both sides. Both sides feel it. We feel it on both sides. It's against the Barack Obama playbook of Israel's wrong too, right? Israel is wrong too. Here is that vile, vile human being, Rashida Tlaib, uh, today outside of Congress. This is just a way to silence people's views. That's all this is, the cries of anti-Semitism 
Take a listen. I want, you know, all those that, uh, you know, from college students to those in the workplace, I'm getting the calls of people being uh, pushed to silence, being bullied. Uh, some people weaponizing uh, anti-Semitism in a way to silence voices. All of that needs to stop. You know, Americans have a right to speak up. Americans have a right to, to the institutions they work at or the people that represent them to say, look, this is my opinion. I believe you should support X, Y, and Z. Uh, and again, we have to be able to make sure that as we look at all these forms of hate, that it is not being weaponized in a way to silence voices like myself and our, you know, many of the voices that are here. Uh, nobody's trying to silence anybody. That's the opposite. Actually, you're you're trying to silence the voice of 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 uh, of, of Jews. But that's I mean, let's just call it what it is. All right. Let's, let's call that what it is. Eight, five, five, eight, three, nine, twelve, ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. A lot more to come, a lot more to get to before we call the show a day. Uh, MSNBC uses the death of Norman Lear a genius behind great sitcoms and one of the absolute best when it came to imaginative shows and characters. They, of course, use his death to bash, you guessed it, Donald Trump. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Yes! Another show in the books. Um... I'll tell you one thing that I find to be fascinating with everything we're talking about is Tucker Carlson is crushing it, even though he left Fox News. Uh, He's doing a really great job. He really is. So Tucker Carlson is interviewing Alex Jones on Twitter. Now, that may sound like an odd choice, but Alex Jones (coughs) has been a guy who has been unafraid to go there. Tucker Carlson tweeted out earlier today. Now, I, I had this hours ago, but I'm going to give Road Warrior credit because he just tweeted this out and said, can't believe he didn't cover this yet. So I'm going to make sure that Road Warrior gets his appropriate credit. I don't like when, you know what I mean? Like, even though I had it, I just I haven't had a chance to bring it up yet. And I'm not sure why Like I need to stop everything to mention this. But um, Tucker Carlson confirms that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin threatened to send your uncles, cousins, and sons to fight Russia unless more money is sent to Zelensky. The revelation comes just days after White House official John Kirby said that American blood will be the cost of supporting Ukraine if we stop sending them money. Remember what I played you the clip of Joe Biden from yesterday saying that American troops will be fighting Russian troops if we don't get money for Ukraine. I don't know why this is so... I mean, I'm glad... Tucker tweeted out. I just I don't know what what's so earth shattering about this. Like I, I said this to you yesterday. I said this whole thing is a shakedown and they're using the threat of of war to get the money to Ukraine. I literally said that yesterday. I, 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 I look, I know I'm not Tucker Carlson in the sense of clearly the Zeoli army. while wonderful and huge. I mean, the guy's got five million followers on Twitter and I, I get all that. But I, the president of the United States, the commander in chief came out and said that yesterday. We played you the clip. The commander in chief came out yesterday and said that if you don't give us the money, American troops are going to be fighting Russian troops in Europe. How is that any different than what Tucker reported, which he said the Biden administration is openly threatening Americans over Ukraine In a classified briefing in the House yesterday. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin informed members that if they don't appropriate more money for Zelensky, we'll send your uncles, cousins and sons to fight. How is that any different than what Biden said yesterday? I played you the clip. Biden said that. He says, if we don't give Ukraine the money now, 
American troops will be fighting troops in Russia. This is what the pre- this is what the commander in chief said. I'm sorry, but maybe everybody missed this yesterday on the show. I brought this out yesterday. I think he he outranks the defense secretary. So if the commander in chief is saying this, that's a big freaking deal. And he's not even saying this in a classified briefing. He's saying it out in the open. Take a listen. I just did a meeting with the G7, which was one of the issues we discussed. All the European leaders, we are prepared to stay with us, stay with Ukraine. And our European friends are as well. Who in the United States are prepared to walk away from that? I tell you, I'm not prepared to walk away. And I don't think the American people are either. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's going to keep going. He's made that pretty clear. If Putin attacks a NATO ally, if he keeps going, and then he attacks a NATO ally, well, we've committed as a NATO member that we defend every inch of NATO territory. Then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. American troops fighting Russian troops if he moves into other parts of NATO. Got it? So this is, I mean, this is the ultimate shakedown. Give us the money because Ukraine's got the receipts on me and this is a giant extortion plot. You bring up extortion again, I'll break your legs. And if not, then your sons and daughters are going to go fight Russia. All right? How is it any different than what Lloyd Austin said? I mean, I, 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 I get the, because I mean, I, I, a lot of people have sent this to me today, but I think what the commander in chief said yesterday trumps even that. It's a blatant, blatant threat. Give me the money or your kids are going to be fighting Russians. Your kids are going to be at war. So pay up. It is the ultimate extortion plot, and they're not even hiding it anymore. So you don't even need a classified briefing for it. The president said it uh, on a hot mic yesterday, openly, at a press conference or wherever the hell he was. All right, 855. Well, there's no point giving out the number. By the way, that's social media check-in where I gave Road Warrior his due. Um, <laughs> you mostly just yelled at him. Well, he actually just said that, too. He said, stop yelling at me again and whatnot. So there you go. Uh, my friend Laura, who knows Laura, she knows the Surgeon General of Florida, and she has a connection, said, I tried to get Dr. Ladapo uh, to come on Rich's show. He told me he had to make a media request. Send me Rich's email, and I'll shoot it over to you both, and uh, he will do it. So I'm going to connect you, Matt DeSantis, so we can finally get the Surgeon General of Florida on the show. All right? That would be excellent. You have been... <laughs> I've struck out on that one. Yeah, you did. You struck out. But we're going to make it happen. Don't worry about that. That social media check-in where I yelled at Road Warrior and whatnot was brought to you by Cherry Hill Vavo, <laughs> where relationships matter on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Thank you, Cherry Hill Vavo, for sponsoring our social media check-in. Uh, we will be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. What time is it? I don't even know. What time is it? You got a minute. All right. I can't see the freaking clock because this place stinks and nothing works. Uh, we will be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey on Friday, next Friday, a week from tomorrow. So come out and join us December 15th. The Grand Hotel. I want to see you there. I'd love to see you there. Please come out and join us. It will be a great, great night. We'll have a lot of fun, 3 to 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Live shows are the absolute best. They're unpredictable. They go off the rails. And this will be our last live show of the year. Christmas in KMA is also beautiful. It's a great time to come visit. So what are you waiting for? Make it. Put it on your calendar right now and join us in KMA one week from tomorrow. It'll be a Christmas miracle. And it'll be a wonderful Zioli show spectacular slash Hanukkah celebration in honor of all of our Jewish friends who are being assaulted on college campuses and verbally abused and, and whatnot. Have a great rest of your night tonight. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate it. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. 
Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you. We, we like to say people kind, not necessarily <laughs> mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.